broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. You're you, and you're either listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio or watching on War Chant TV. Maybe, maybe this is hours from now, actually, and you're listening on podcasts. There's lots of ways to get the Jeff Cameron Show. It's everywhere. Make sure you get it, share it, celebrate it, tweet it out, post it, do all the things. All the things. I mentioned at the start of the show that it was a big day because it's the NFL draft, and that is the ultimate male soap opera that we love. Unfortunately, another soap opera that we don't love, at least not today, we have in the past. This is a bad episode today, guys. We don't like where the writers took this episode. They took a right turn on us and introduced things, elements to the story that were not part of where we thought this was headed. This is nonsense, but it is also the reality of modern college football and where we sit, and if you're just tuning in and you don't know, the news is this. Josh Farmer did indeed announce that he is headed to the transfer portal and did put his name this time around in it, so he is gone, Um, and now we'll see what happens. Now we'll see what happens. Tom and I just got done talking about what it does. Beyond the disappointment and the initial frustration and the feeling that you lost the talent and you lost a ton of potential, he was going to be a vital part of the defensive rotation along the defensive front in the interior. He'd come a long way. He'd built up his body. He'd gained a bunch of weight. He'd gotten awfully strong. Just did an interview with him. What was it, two weeks ago that I did the interview with him? Um, We've talked to him on numerous occasions. Very likable kid. I really don't see a good reason uh, that he would leave, but until I get details as to what it was, I really can't issue a statement on that other than to say, like all Florida State fans, it's disappointing. But again, in an effort to to, to certainly not be disingenuous and, and, and to be transparent, I can tell you I'm disappointed, but the reality is Florida State has benefited greatly through the transfer portal. Greatly. It has changed the fortunes of Mike Norvell and his staff They have been able to succeed, have a 10-win season to the place where we can now be filled with expectation about what this next season will be, in large part because of the transfer portal and the caliber of players they were able to bring in to bolster the roster. And now it's come back to bite them in the ass, as it will everybody in the modern era of college football. So we'll now wait and see what happens as far as Florida State is concerned because there is a counterpoint. Now you have some money perhaps freed up, as Tom and I were talking about last segment, money freed up 
to perhaps go pursue a replacement for Josh Farmer if you think it's necessary right now. It'll be interesting to see even after this loss of Josh Farmer, is that the position they would go after? They have more money. They don't have to go after a defensive tackle. They could say, well, this frees us up in a way to attack another position of need that is a greater position of need. Even after Josh Farmer's left defensive tackle, you still have a ton of guys up front that you feel very, very good about. We'll see if Daryl Jackson leaves, but he really he, he's in a rock and hard place if he wanted to. But But the point would be, Maybe you do address defensive end. Maybe you do address safety. Maybe you do address now in a greater way, a more impactful way. You pursue a higher profile player if he's available at linebacker. A more established player that would quote unquote cost you more. Now you might have the funds to do it. I I don't know what the answer to that will be. But We'll find out soon enough, one would guess. I I still think, again, that as you sit here today, the loss of Farmer, while not ideal and very frustrating, it's not an earth-shattering turn of events that limits your season. It's not going to be a situation we don't think as of right now. Of course, predicting injuries and the like is impossible to do, and it's really a fool's errand. But what I would tell you is that is, is so long as the depth sits as it is now, you're still fine at defensive tackle. You're still fine. But um, you're not fine at a couple of other places. So let's see what they do. I'm, I'm thinking that um, there will be another name. I don't know who, but there'll be another name, Tom. We'll lose. Oh, come some- on, man. No, we'll lose somebody else. We're gonna lose somebody else. Uh, I, and, and again, I don't know this. Like, I wink, wink, nod, nod. I tell you guys. You guys can usually read between the lines. Sometimes I'll just directly say it if I'm in a position to do so. Like, hey, this is gonna happen. Uh, hey, look for this. Hey, it wouldn't be surprising if this. You know, I'll say thing. I'll couch it and try to give you a heads up on these things. Most of you who are longtime listeners know that. I'll give you a little bit of that. Um, what I'm saying is that it wouldn't be surprising to 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 lose another name. I said that before we got any news about Josh Farmer, and not and it wasn't about Josh Farmer. It was just that, look, it seems like it's our time to lose a couple guys. We've done so well in the portal. We've been killing it. It's been pretty a one-sided affair for us. It's been a situation where um, Florida State has benefited greatly. So, today's a day where that's not true. Would love to know, and I'm sure we'll find out exactly what it was that led to all of this. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about the situation where I thought it was 50-50, even after he said he intended to put his name in the portal. Today, it's no longer a, a question. And uh, from what I had come to understand about that situation, I'm disappointed for the kid because I don't think it's going to be a beneficial move for him. We'll see. So the question becomes twofold. Number one, how does this impact Daryl Jackson, if at all? He is still on Florida State's roster with Farmer gone. So it's not like it was a package deal situation in terms of well, it couldn't re- have been. He removal. Could, right. Right. Uh, yeah, I understand yeah, the yeah, logistics yeah. of yeah. it. It's just that, it, you know, with rumors and social media posts seemingly being tied together, the two of them on a unified front about. I get what you're saying, but just going. to clarify for everybody out there. Sure. 
It could never be the same situation. It could never have been a, a, a package as far as entering the portal goes. Correct. Now, he can just leave. Well, I, I not think play football. He could enter the portal and wherever he goes not be eligible to play, I think. I, I think. don't think so. You think he can't even enter the portal at I this point? I don't think so, no. Whatever the case, he's still on Florida State's roster, mm-hmm. which is the bottom line of this business, and that's one part of it. The second part of it is, and I'll just ask you, maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't. If it has gotten this far, does that mean it's past the point of no return? Or could it be that Josh is in the transfer portal a week from now, says, oh, whoops, my bad, and then he would be welcomed back onto the roster? I wonder if that would be the Okay, case. so this is part of a bigger question that we had a week ago, which is in this new world that we live in, you, you have to decide as a staff, and it may be a case-by-case basis, you have to decide as a staff, how do you deal with a player who enters the portal and then has regrets after having done so, and a week, two weeks, off-season, whatever, middle of the summer, says, you know, I, I've thought about it some more. I was rash with my decision. I was listening to the wrong people. I wish I hadn't done it, but I did do it. I can't undo it. I can't unring the bell. I put my name out there, but I didn't go anywhere. I've had, a, I've had offers, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized this was where I needed to be. Can I come back? I know I let you down. I know I let my teammates down. I missed all of these practices. I did this, this, and this. Will you, will you let me come back in? I, I don't know the answer to that. This is all – I don't know what they're – Every staff will have a different answer based on probably the quality of the player, quite frankly. I mean, if we're being realistic here, you know, we all know the the, the rules don't apply across the board for all players. And the more skilled you are, the more wiggle room you tend to have in life in general, in the workplace, wherever else. Yeah, correct. The quarterback that left Notre Dame and Alabama – Got his commitment today. Transfer portal. I think it's Tyler Buckner, if that's how his name is pronounced. But when he entered the portal, there was an understanding that he might go back to Notre Dame. Like it was, it was considered that Notre Dame remains an option. It's almost like when a kid decommits from a school as a junior in high school and says, "Well, you know, I'm decommitting from Alabama today, but Alabama remains in the mix. You know, those are, they're still in the mix for my services. Right. I just wanted to open up my recruitment." Yeah. I, that could apply to the transfer portal. I also want to say on a personal level, not that I'm rooting for it, I'd prefer if you go through myriad negotiations and or conversations and you still choose to go in a different direction at some point that has to have a consequence to it, I think. Completely agree. But I it's don't know a, if that's how it's going to be across the country. Well, if you, <laughs> I think it has an awful lot to do, again, with the quality of player that you are. Now, there are two different discussions to be had here, Tom. As a collective, you can tell somebody you're done negotiating. This is what we came to an agreement on. Player A, you get 80 grand. Player A agrees. Okay, I'll sign that deal. I like that deal. In order to receive that money, I know I have to do these things show up at charitable events, go to the Jeff Cameron Show golf tournament, do interviews, sign autographs for people on the day of the spring game. Seems oddly specific. I got to do all of these things, right? All right. I'll do that, and I'll earn my 80 grand. That's a cool deal. I like it here. I like that deal. I'm going to get paid. Here we go. 
then that player is told by somebody representing another school, somebody whose interest is to see this kid not on Florida State's roster. And to be sure, there are guys all over the place doing exactly that. Getting paid by somebody to try to lure kids into the portal, regardless of what ends up happening to that kid, whether they go to that school that is fronting the money to get that kid the hell into the portal or not. It's a seedy, sorry, nasty set of circumstances we see in college football right now. But that's the reality, right? Now that kid comes back and says, I'm here and I can get double the 60 that you're paying me, the 80, whatever I said it was. I'm getting 160 now if I put my name in the portal and head to Ole Miss. All right. So at that point, you have a decision to make, man. A, you got to find out if that's real, if you can. Is that even a real thing? You're just being played? We get into discussions about how you ask for raises and when you ask for raises and how that conversation has to go and do you bluff if you don't really have something because, God forbid, they call your bluff. All these things, right? All that stuff. And maybe you make a decision to match it. Maybe the player's that good. Maybe the player is Heisman-worthy. And you just think, this is such a unique set of circumstances. I got another Randy Moss over here that I just can't let walk. This guy's going to win us two games by himself. And we're going for it. We got a veteran quarterback. We have everything we need. The pieces are in place for us to win a national championship. But he's a big reason why. He's the best at his position in the country. So for this set of circumstances, I'll give you the 160. All right. Now, what do you do when he comes back in a week and says he wants 290? or 350, or 400, some point you say, we're done. We're done. You leave if you want to leave, but we're no longer negotiating. So it's always going to be, I think, a player-by-player basis. At that point, the player has to make a decision. There's no more leverage. They've already told you they're not going to negotiate with you, and now you ponder, do I really want to go forward with this? What's real? What isn't real? What are the consequences of me doing this? You'd like to believe they had somebody consulting the person to help make them help them arrive at the best decision. But the point is, at some point, you do cut it off. You're not just going to keep negotiating forever. And I think in those circumstances, you know, obviously the coach will tell people, even though they're not supposed to have any sort of inducements and communication and all that other stuff, like, hey, we really need this guy. Here's the percentage of the money that I'd be willing to spend on this particular player or position. If it were my money, I'd like 40% of it to be spent on defensive line, like however it gets done, right? So there's a line that's cut off, and then there are players that are so transcendent that maybe you make exceptions, and then there are those that you say, you know what, have a good day, man. I'm not giving you $5, let alone 50000 Please, by all means, get in the portal. It's different for everybody. I don't think Josh Farmer is going to be the player that qualifies at this threshold, but I am interested, you know, when – NIL first was a thing. There was a conversation that came out about the contracts and what an NIL contract would look like in terms of the ownership of your rights, the ownership of your likeness, much like the grant of rights with the ACC, just down to an individual level. And whether or not you could enforce the NIL agreement that is signed for a collective that is associated with Alabama. If the kid up and went to LSU, if the kid said, you know what, I signed a deal with the Alabama Collective, Nick Saban's Collective, but after my sophomore year, I took off. LSU and Brian Kelly are offering me a ton of money. Brian Kelly says, you're my guy. 
Could not the Alabama collective at that point in this example enforce a, a, a recoup of the payment that they were going to issue to the Alabama player because their name, image, and likeness belongs to that first Alabama collective? Yeah, I don't know. Because there has to be a protection, legally speaking, for the group that puts a kid, puts pen to paper and says, we'll pay you this much. I don't think Josh Farmer, he's not at that level where I think it would be a concern and you want to take that to court. But somebody's going to do that. At some, at point. some point, somebody will get hurt bad enough in this thing that they There'll will be an, decide. Yeah, yeah, an Addison situation from a school maybe bigger than Pitt that gets really pissed off about it. And they say, oh, really? So Caleb Williams magically decided, I'm just going to go to Alabama and I'm going to leave USC. I'll bet USC at that point would say, uh-uh, man. Your name, image, and likeness belongs to us, so anything you garner from over there belongs to us legally. It's yeah. almost like a buyout. Yeah. You know, when you, you buy out a coach, but then if they get hired at a new job, you get salary relief. When you talk about it out loud, though, when you when when we have this discussion, it it's it's not good for college football. I get that we both of us certainly wanted to break up the way things were and make sure that players get a percentage of these obscene profits that college football has generated. We agree on that. But because there's no leadership from the NCAA to speak of, then there is no, there are no rules involved in any of this right now. I don't care. I never come after somebody's money. I don't care if you make $400,000 and I think you should make thirty grand. It doesn't matter what I think. That's, that's okay. I'm never going to come after your money, and I don't begrudge it. Anybody's. What I will say is that we have to have a set of rules, of parameters that we're all governed by if we're competing on the same playing field, right? If we're going to decide how it is we uncover the best team, the national championship, whatever it might be, a playoff, a division, a conference, we got to be on the same page here, man. I, I, I agree with you. It's never been equal. I think it's just more transparent about how – it is inequitable. So I think we're approaching a place where the transparency, it's leading to a healthier solution for it everybody will involved. eventually, but, but as of right pain, now, yeah, this, it, is we, pain this is a wild, wild west situation. It is. This, is. this is nobody's safe. And what I'm talking about isn't that I'm saying it's morally reprehensible or anything like that. What I'm saying is it's, it's like when you have a collectively bargained situation in the pros. Okay, good. We're all agreeing. The Yankees can't play the Yankees. So, so we all have to figure out, even though they have more money than everybody else, how do we make this work? All right, well, we don't want a salary cap. All right, well, what do we do? Because, again, the Yankees can't play the Yankees. Well, okay, you can spend over this amount of money, but the, any dollar over that amount is going to get spread out to everybody else. Okay, fine with me. I've got more money than God. doesn't hurt me at all, and the other teams benefit. Whatever it is. It's an agreed-upon thing yeah, within yeah. the realm of that competition. When NIL came out – you know me. I've pushed for this for a long time. I'd rather it be transparent because this idea of of the student athlete has been dead for decades. Of course, of course. You know, because well, it, the idea of the amateur athlete, yes. Well, I mean, of the student athlete. In most cases, with big time sports, I'm, I'm going to keep it specific to football in uh -huh. this case. Mm -hmm. You telling me the entry requirements for somebody who's good at football are the same as a regular kid who's applying from a normal high school? No, of course not. We know that. Oh, right. Sliding scales. Right. The moment that that starts, we're, we're having this conversation. And here's where we're going at this point. I'm glad it's getting more honest, and I'm get, I'm glad it's going to a place, just as general, not 
relative to Farmer. Right. I'm just glad we're right. getting to a place where the cards are on the table and everybody can see what it's about. What I'm officially lamenting isn't that this is becoming more transparent and players are able to get paid and all of that. It's that there is zero leadership from the NCAA. Yeah. There's a vacuum. We've got right. nobody making decisions as to what's best for college football. It's players, coaches, fans. Nobody. Well, this was the other part of it. When it when this begins, what is the deterrent? What there is isn't the deterrent? One. There is nothing right There now. isn't one. There this isn't. I was screaming when we had this conversation the one time before. I was like, look, man, double middle fingers to the NCAA if you want. They're not in a position to do anything about it. The courts have told them, you're done. We warned your asses. And they didn't do anything in the buildup to this moment. They knew they were going to lose that. Right. And now they're begging for federal legislation. Now they need, yes, they're begging Congress. Well, okay, individual on. states are going to war about how, how to aggressive do. we can get. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So and who gets hurt in all this? Well, potentially fans, players, everybody. Everybody. Now, again, I'm not going to lose sleep over this. There are a lot more pressing issues of the world. I get it. But this is the realm with which we're passionate and we talk on a daily basis. This ain't it. This is not good. And I'm not saying it because we lost Josh Farmer today. We, I laughed. I jokingly mocked us for raiding South Carolina, just bending South Carolina over on the daily. My boy, South Carolina's going to love them some Florida State right about now. Every time they have a good player emerging, we just take them. Oh, him, huh? Jamie Rock, we'll take him. Keir Thomas, we'll take his ass, too. Which, what, by about, the way, what about that defenseman? We'll take his ass, too. That's a great point. Let's look at their too deep a defensive tackle. Let's see what's going on up there. Hey, what's going on, Gamecock? Who you got as a uh, <laughs> you rotational? Got, do you have a good defensive tackle? Yeah. Listen, we're going to go ahead and take him like we've done everybody else. <laughs> I love this system. But yeah, I mean, I never thought that was all right either. I celebrated the win in the moment knowing we were just as susceptible and that it would come back around. Sure. And so that's where we sit now. I mean, it, it's it's well, coming back around. The best case for Josh Farmer is that wherever he goes, he's the Jermaine Johnson of that program. There was a, there was a snap crunch. He wasn't going to get as many as he wanted. He goes to a place, he becomes beloved, and he's drafted in the top 50 in the NFL draft because of all of those things aligning. Mm. That's what Jermaine was to us. Now, it did not really force Georgia to flinch as a defensive front no, at all. Because of the stockpiling Correct. of an insane amount of talent. That's what we got to do now. Right. Let's get to a point where but, but even understand. if something like this happens, we don't have to spend 15 minutes on it. We don't have to spend five minutes mm -hmm. on it because oh, that's the price of doing business. Yeah, but, but, but understand that they were able to accrue all of that before NIL happened, before. Yeah, fair. So it's a totally different game now. I don't know that you're going to be able to have, you know, 19 guys in your rotation on defense that all get drafted in the first round the way George hey, did. <laughs> what a damn shame. The yeah. thing I'd say is the more even the footing, the better I like our chances as an institution. The, the more even the footing, the, the even better. even the footing. Well, yes. we're not an even footing right now. No, but what I'm saying is if you're saying you cannot stockpile 19 dudes anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's too much money around in different right. places. Right, that's great. That should even up competition. Yeah. And maybe it already has CTCU. Maybe. But uh, – until we get out of the ACC, the long-term uh, prognosis is that you're dead. Yes. You're dead sooner than you'd like to be. You're dead. You just don't know it. I'm talking about the Western front of the war that yeah, we're yeah, battling yeah, yeah, here yeah, in yeah, college yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when I go back to the Capitol and yeah. we go have uh -huh. a talk with the president, right. I we, agree with you. Yeah. We got real issues. But I think we're going to solve that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what magic genie's coming in to provide leadership here and get everybody to agree 
thought the leadership here. I'm is not much talking stronger. about Florida State oh, okay. University. Right. I'm talking about college football okay. and, and the the conundrum that is this situation. The nobody, red phone's going no, off here. Nobody's coming to save college football right now. I mean, it's it's frustrating. They're all out for their ass. But the good news is, we can help you. We can help you. Our brand. This is isn't going to kill. I'm not. Again, I'm not mad at Farmer. I wish he hadn't left. Two different things. I wish he hadn't left. I actually think probably pretty foolish move on his part as we sit here today. We'll see. Maybe I'll learn something that changes my mind, and I'll tell you. But uh, it doesn't devastate Florida State. Florida State's still in a really good position to be much better than they were a year ago defensively up front. Much better. They're still in a really prime position. They should be very pleased. Like you said, maybe they'll use it to their advantage and that they have some extra funds to go out and maybe go get somebody. Maybe it happens. Now, Braden Fisk becomes more important. Yeah, he, he's got to play and play well. And the waiver and the will of Daryl Jackson, well, yeah. both those all, things. All those things become very, very, very important. Listen, yeah. if Daryl Jackson plays and he's motivated, he's a first-round caliber defensive tackle. He's, he's that kind of player. He's unblockable if he's a motivated, focused, hardworking player. You want to pull him aside and say, well, guess what, man? You're going to get even more reps than you were going to get. And I got to be honest with you, man. I get it. Maybe you don't like college. I don't know that. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's not your cup of tea. Maybe that's why you're constantly transferring. You just hate the college thing, and you'd like to just go do what you should be able to do already. I agree. You should be able to go pro right now, but you can't. can't. You got to do it after this year. So give me seven months, pal. Seven months of focus, and go dominate and get your money. You'll never have to worry about college again. Go do it. Whatever the pitch is, they got to get him locked in and focused. Now Dennis Briggs probably stays at home at defensive interior. Mm -hmm. Now Io Tafasi, you're much closer to your payday. Daniel Lyons, ditto. Opportunities galore. Sure, everybody steps up a notch. And they've got the talent to do it. Oh, I, I'm, I love Tafasi. I've talked about that a lot. I feel like he's got a real potential to be a, a very good player. Just got to stay on that track and continuing to build and being focused. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again i take athletic greens every day and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens, 
And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Speaking of which, I'll piggyback off that ad and remind you that my friend Shannon Young from Legendary Home Loans can help first-time homebuyers get up to $25,000 for your down payment for first responders, veterans, teachers, military, and healthcare workers. And that's not all. Shannon is an expert navigator of the home loan terrain. You can trust that he's going to get you the most competitive interest rates, guide you through the process every step of the way. Also get your closing costs reduced the Hometown Heroes Program at Legendary Home Loans. Call today, 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Go to fsuhomeloans.com and ask for Shannon Young. I will tell you that the flip side of this coin is how quickly you're able to move on from a guy and turn your attention to some other guy who's now available to be brought in and added to an already very good and deep roster, perhaps further emboldening you to believe that Florida State is going to be even better than you thought prior to when you woke up today. It can happen. That's the craziness of the portal. Who knows? You might find out tomorrow on the JCS that we just brought in a two-time all-conference Power 5 defensive tackle who was a five-star at a high school, and he's played a lot of football and can't wait to play for us. Could happen. You don't know. So as you sit in dismay and you think, oh, through the day this happened to college football, that may not last either. You could, and this isn't going to be all negative, but you could lose more players between now and the and the end of the portal open yeah, period yeah, here. Yeah, sure. And if they're not critical players, if they're not critical players at critical positions, then you save even more money yeah. if they have a deal. Mm -hmm. And you rack up cap space oh, yeah. to go make a move. Yeah. Then you go out name. you go find a stud. A game changer. You tamper to get the kid to enter the portal. You can't just start tampering. We should have That's been right. tampering hours ago. It has to be one of my favorite images. The idol and the bag of sand in Raiders mm -hmm. of the Lost Ark. <laughs> it's they enter the portal and they say, I'm going. Here's mm -hmm. where I'm going. Shoo! Yep. Yeah, man. 
I hope we're in the middle of breaking all the rules, every one of them, whatever they might be, in an effort to better this football team. No rules here. No rules. Clearly. Clearly not. You said your finger was a gun. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's true. It's like, you're a pacifist. <laughs> I want that linebacker from NC State. Can we hurry up and make it happen? He's gone. Thayer Thomas. He's uh, he's going to be drafted this weekend. Probably number one overall. If he goes to the Bucks. you're going to do backflips. Oh, buddy, won't I? That is one productive SOB. He's everywhere. He's a football playing Jesse. With the 112th pick in the NFL draft, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The have just stolen the draft from all of you. Have drafted number 32. And he's going to come in and wear that shirt at halfway just like he did in college. He'll be instinctive as hell. We'll be watching. Like, look at him come out of nowhere. It's as if he knew it was coming. It'll still be an NC State jersey. And you'll be okay with it. Yes. Just a beast. Um, that is fun when that that's something about the draft tonight that I do love. We're all such huge, passionate fans of the sport that we've seen a lot of these guys, especially tonight. You know, it's a Thursday night. Thursday and Friday night. You're seeing guys that you watched play all the time. Now, when you get into the weekend, you're like, who the hell is that guy? There is a lot of that. But these first two rounds, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good pick. Remember that game we saw Temple and Tulane, 47-40? That was the kid. Oh, that's right. That was the kid. Yeah, he must have had 10 catches for like 240. He's good. He's really good. Yeah, that's a good pick for them. That's a real good pick. I love when we do that. Kid goes on to do nothing, get cut but in oh, that yeah. moment, we loved it. We we're like, yeah, that Ryan, kid's really good. Ryan Switzer. Remember North Carolina, all everything? I thought that he could be, if you wanted to address a big need, he could be your your poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Mm, definitely poor. Because of the slot receiver stuff. I didn't. Mm. We didn't know McCaffrey was going to be a tailback at that level. Well, he's really and, good. Uh, insert your uh, stereotype jokes here. Well, we, you and I argued about this a little bit. I, I, I thought he might be pretty good. I yes, you did. I thought Dalvin <laughs> Cook was going to be pretty good. You're well. We were all right. We none of us didn't think that. You just thought I th- you I w- wanted him more than I wanted him in the position yes, that we I were wanted, drafting. Yes, the Bucks were in a position to maybe take a back, and I yes. wanted Dalvin, and you wanted McCaffrey, and I think the answer would have been correct. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And we all agreed that Henry was the guy that you know you probably take that guy. They've for. all been good. Yeah, they've all been good. I like you those do drafts. have to you do have to change your offense to run what Henry runs. It's very much a smash that's, mouth downhill run game, play defense and special teams, and you know hold on for dear life. But yeah, I just remember slowly parting with the idea that the Bucks were going to take Dalvin Cook. What draft would that have been? The 16 draft. Um, yeah, but I didn't like us taking him because we weren't ready yet on the offensive front. Because there was the, the count of the Alabama kids. There was going to be a plus one when it got to the Bucks slot. You're like, oh, my God, because of all these other things, there's going to be one Alabama dude available yeah, to us. Yeah. And you got to take whoever it's, it is. It's going to happen. One of those guys. And it was O.J. Howard. Who had a snapshot of excellence when Brady got there. And yeah. I was at the game he got hurt when he lit up the Chargers. He had a moment or two under Dirk, too. but then the, uh, the He was about to be good, but then Jameis hated him because he didn't work hard. Was it the Achilles? Uh, that was the game I was at. Well, the Patriots game was that Thursday night football. James yes, is leading the drive the down catch. the field. That's right. He ran the wrong route. Yeah. And even Dirk was mad about that. Even Dirk took But James by the way, side. he still hit him. He hit him. It's right there. Yeah, right. I mean, he probably gets tackled at the inch line, but yeah. I um So for for example, tonight. 
there is, it's a fun exercise here. Like I said earlier, who's looking to rebuild and are willing to acquire more assets by trading down or move up to get a quarterback? Those are the great questions you have. I think you can argue that the Tennessee Titans are probably about to make the decision to rebuild. So they would be somebody that would want to maybe move up for one of the quarterbacks, and that would take them from 11 to 3. This is interesting, and this almost sounds like a solving for the future on a Thursday. Boom! But That's what we're doing, and we're talking about acquiring assets yep. to build a more long-term successful business. And could it be for the first time in my life, although they did make the playoffs and I was at their playoff game, mm. could it be the Detroit Lions on this night Find their guy. Two or three of the missing pieces that they have, put them in the puzzle, and Dan Campbell rides off into the NFL playoff sunset with Green Bay having Jordan Love as a quarterback. Yeah. Kirk Cousins not getting any better anytime soon. What's Kirk Cousins done? One playoff game? One playoff win? It's going to be Dan Campbell versus Justin Fields' legs for the division. That's where this is going. And uh, tonight could uh, go a long way in helping Detroit cement being back in the playoffs, maybe winning a playoff. I think you can argue that the Bears need a quarterback. So it's like you've got a lot of things to think about. You've got to make decisions, tough decisions on young players sometimes. It's a big night for the Lions. They're solving the future right here, right now, for the now. And if ISF were helping these organizations, they'd sit down and help them figure it all out, both through the technology aspect of it all, enhancing their abilities, but also looking long-term as to whether or not it was cost-efficient or how to be more efficient with the money they're currently spending. That's what ISF does. They're collaborators. And to that point, I see Viking Ken in the chat. Minnesota has to decide if it's more efficient to trade Dalvin Cook. Because if you look at the player props of who's going to get traded, Aaron Rodgers was number one. That's done yeah, before the draft started. Yeah, yeah, Dalvin's very high on the list. He's very, very high on the list. He could go tonight or tomorrow. Could very well happen. He ain't coming to Tampa, buddy. No, no, no need. Well, I'd like him to be there. I like Dalvin. This, this version? You don't think Dalvin's any good anymore? Uh, not for where we are as a franchise. <laughs> That's what I thought when the draft was happening. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, you know, I thought it was such a shame that Jameis and Dalvin passed each other like ships in the night in 2014. You go back and you look at that roster, you go, oh, my God, those guys played together? Mm. But they never really played together, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. They were they were there, and Dalvin saved us on two occasions, one of which was the Florida game. But they you never really saw the best of them running at the same time. Well, you know when you would have? If we hadn't been fumbling all over the yeah. place in the damn Rose Bowl. And we scored 65. I don't know if it would have been enough. Still been scoring. But it would have been close. Yeah. I um, mm. Draft's fun. You find the steals and you celebrate them, but it's always years later and you find the busts. Sometimes you figure them out a lot sooner. That's the hard part. You can, If you're being honest with yourself, you can find a bust in year one. You know. You can go... Yeah, that, that's not going to work. That's not going to work for what we need. Uh, a lot of times with the quarterbacks. Yeah. A lot of times with the quarterbacks. Like uh, Zach Wilson. You were high on Zach Wilson. I was too as, uh, in college, week to week, saying, man, that kid can play. Yeah. But then I, I remember this completely, though. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Mm -hmm. You know the game I'm talking about. Well, he walked out on the stage. Yes. You said when he walked out on I the stage, like, oh, you no. said, oh, no, he's no, too no. small. No, he's too small. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> Yeah, I, I announced in that moment while watching the draft with you, I'm wrong. He can't play. 
I wanted to get out in front of they it. They drafted Bob Costas. I, well, it was crazy. That is true. We were watching the draft, and I had said, I like that kid. I like his tape. I liked everything I saw in college. And he walked out there looking like a little kid. And I was like, oh, look at that. That is a small child. He's got no chance. Calling him a mama's boy might be accurate. I don't even care. I don't even care. That was well done. I don't even care uh, what those measurables say. When you looked at him, you went, he's slight. He's got zero chance because he didn't have some crazy intangibles. Like the thing with Bryce Young, he's tiny. And whoever drafts him is admitting, okay, I'm just betting on this kid, eyes in the back of the head, sixth sense ability to avoid getting hit. Because you did see it at the highest level in the SEC. So if you're going to play in a league with big dudes that resemble the NFL, that's the league, and he did torch defenses throughout that league. But everybody held their breath every time a play broke down because you thought, well, if somebody if somebody cleans him, if somebody squares him up, that could very easily be the end of a career. Just like with Tua. Tua's running around, you're like, mm-hmm. You don't think that when you see Hurts running around because he's big. Yeah. You certainly don't think that when you see uh, Josh Allen running around. You're like, who's Josh Allen going to truck is what you think. But, man, tonight, whoever takes Bryce Young, let's say he goes number one, everybody's just going, "Yeah, can we protect him? Because oh. God knows if he gets hit, he's dead. In the days of standardized tests, we all know that not every pencil was created the same. That's correct. There are some that were very brittle. It could just snap, snap in your fingers. Right there. And the lead would break off. And you're like, this is not a quality pencil. Cause you to be flustered in a very critical moment. Usually it was the team pencils that were pretty brittle. Like mm. If you got NFL pencils, NHL yeah, pencils. Yeah, they were brittle. Yeah, they were. That's why we played the game. That's right. We played the That's game the with the NFL team pencils. Yeah. But the one that had the green foil oh, buddy. underneath no chance. the eraser. Wasn't going to break. That thing is made of steel. Well, and Lee Corso would tell you number two pencils. He was always yep. right there for you. Our thanks to our friends and collaborators, ISF. Your vision, you want to do amazing things, you've got goals, you've got big ideas for the future, and you want to work hard, and you want an agency that'll do it with you and help you navigate the unique challenges inherent to government operations. Well, they've been doing it all over the country. For 40 years, they've served state government and business clients across the nation. Right here from Tallahassee. How awesome is that? Want to learn more? ISF.com. I think you'll like working with ISF. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Breakfast from the coffee, I dropped my newspaper down. Hey, this is really cool. I, I want to get this out there because not everybody will know who this is. Uh, but he's an all-time great athlete, and uh, he died. Uh, and I will talk about him momentarily for uh, probables. We'll get into that. Uh, but before I do, I do want to make mention of our friends at uh, Power Mill. Powering performance for your kids, whether they aspire to go to the major leagues or play Olympic softball or whatever it might be, college baseball, who knows, or just have a lot of fun getting the most out of their ability in youth sports and playing in uh, baseball and softball leagues around town the way my kids did 
in the way that so many of us grew up doing. Power Mill does that, and they have uh, really something for every level of player. That includes camps, individual instruction as well, and a great facility, baseball and softball. If you want to learn more, PowerMillSports.com. That's where you go, PowerMillSports.com. If you would, cue it up, Tom. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? So, before I get into the names of the pitchers for the day, uh, Dick Grote has passed away, I think at the age of 92. He's a former Pirate great. But uh, pretty amazing guy when you look back at his career and his life. National League MVP, twice a World Series champion, batting champion, played in the NBA for the Pistons, also was an All-American and has had his number and name retired in the rafters at Duke, created the Champions Lake golf course. He called play-by-play and color for pit hoops and lived in Pittsburgh his whole life in the offseason and was part of the organization to the day he died. That's insane. Imagine being that kind of a badass. Oh, I played in the NBA. Also, Major League Baseball, one World Series, one MVPs. Had my number retired at Duke. Did play-by-play for pit basketball. I mean, holy moly. Died today at 92. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Now to the more celebratory aspects of, uh, of the day. The Pirates pasted the Dodgers yet again and should have swept the series. Their only loss came after blowing a 7-2 lead in which they fell 8-7. The next night, they won 8-1. And today, in afternoon baseball, the Buccos pummeled the, Do- the the Dodgers yet again. Mitch Keller dominant in his performance. A little 6-2 win. Not over just the- screwing Mitch Keller. Not just screwing Mitch Keller again, who's now 3-0, and and he has found it. 3-0 and with a 3-5 and a bunch of strikeouts and a whole lot of suck it, everybody. Woo! Thank God we finally drafted a kid who did something. I've been waiting forever as a pitcher. Because last year, he was like, eh. at the very end of the year, you're like, well, I think you may have figured something out. Can't wait for next year to see if I'm right. And so far, so good. I think he's figured something out. Onward we go. Philadelphia won. Seattle nothing. That game is, what, in the sixth? Seventh. Pitcher's duel. George Kirby and Matt Strong. Padres, Cubs, they're in the seconds. Two to one, Cubbies. Seth Lugo on the mound for the Padres. Padres struggled to score runs, so that one run early in the game got to feel like a windfall. Cubs have uh, Hayden Wisniewski on the hill. Marlins, Braves, they're in a delay in the fourth inning. Rain, Braxton Garrett, Kyle Wright. Cards, Giants. Giants beat the Cards last night. Cards keep losing. Tragedy. Miles Mikolas. Yes. Logan Webb. Giants have won five straight. A's, Angels, J.P. Sears, Shohei Atani. The, the show is tonight. Got to guess what Shohei's numbers are as a pitcher this year? Uh, he's got an 0.68 ERA. He's got an 0.64 ERA. Oh, I almost had it. He's 3-0, and he's done. Orioles, Tigers, Kyle Gibson, Joey Wentz. Nats, Mets, Trevor Williams, Joey Luches. Rays, White Sox. Shane McClanahan, McClanahan! Dylan Cease goes for the White Sox. Royals Twins, Zach Grinke, still pitching. Still out here pitching. Not winning, but still out here pitching. Tyler Mahal. Yanks Rangers, Garrett Cole, former Pirate. Andrew Haney. And the game that's already in the books is, of course, the Pirates 6, Dodgers 2. I don't know if I mentioned it, but that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump.
social media to that for a while. One thing to mention, Robbie Ray out for the year. Robbie Ray! Oh. Out for the year. Recruiting chat tonight on WarChant TV, 6 p.m. live on the channel. And they're going to tell you that we're signing a five-star dominant defensive tackle. Maybe. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Peace!